Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Hallelujah. Go ahead and get the timer rolling here. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. God, thank you for all that you're doing here in Newport Church. God, we honor your presence. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for a great worship time. Amen. Amen. Didn't the worship team do awesome this morning? Can we just give them a hand? Yeah. Hallelujah. I love the presence of the Lord. I love uh, that God loves when we worship him. Yeah? God loves it when we worship him. Hallelujah. My name is Merle Shank, lead pastor here at Newport Church. And uh, as Brian was saying, last week we were in Toronto. I'll, I'll share a little bit about that uh, here later. But um, thank you so much for allowing, uh, you know, kind of helping to send uh, me into the nations as well. And so it's awesome that Newport Church gets to be a part of a broader family. Yeah. Amen. So we have a, a local family and then we have an international family, right? And we're all a part of that, and so it's good to, to be a part of that vision as well. And so uh, this morning, we're going to be preaching about the Word of God. We're going to continue in, uh, this is the third, uh, third sermon here in this series about encountering God in His Word. And I want to uh, launch into here, if you have the, the app, the church app, you can follow along and get the notes uh, on it as well, and you can follow along with me. The scriptures are in there, and also the, the things to consider at the very end. And so I want to just take some time here and highlight that. So welcome everybody who's online. Uh, it's good to have you, and it's good to have everybody in the room. Tell your neighbor, say, thanks for being in the room. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. It's good to be family. It's good to be together. Uh, you know, there's, uh, we've had uh, some, some of our church family who's experienced some loss in this last week, and there's nothing like um, being together, being around other people when you walk through seasons like that. We've also added some new, a new church member this past week, was just born, so that's awesome. So Brian's a grandpa again. Woohoo! Yeah. So, uh, and that's really, you know, the seasons of life that we go through, and that's that's where we stand together as a church family, uh, whatever season we're in uh, in life. Amen. And so, uh, God bless Newport Church. Hallelujah. I want to talk this morning about the power of God's word, and we've talked uh, about encountering God in His word a couple times here, and uh, but now I want to talk about the power that is released. In God's word, specifically the first scripture I want to look at this morning is Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. It says, he being Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So he upholds the universe by the word of of his power. What that means is that God's power is expressed through his word, the word of his power. So there's that we, we see the power of God. And how does God manifest his power in the earth? Through 
his word, through his voice. He expresses it through his word. God spoke and the earth came into existence. God speaks over your life and purpose and destiny are received. Amen? And so God's power is expressed through his word. When God speaks, his power is released. When he declares his word, his power is released. God's power manifests through his words. It flows through his words. And so as God upholds the universe by his, by his word, you know there's, there's something about sound waves that they never really cease to exist. They just, they just get broader and broader, right? Like, so we can't hear them, the decibel, we can't hear the decibels, but the, 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 what sound does is it just goes broader and it reflects off a bunch of things. And, and so there, there's this place where God's word is constantly speaking over the world, and the universe is upheld by his word. This morning, I want to talk about the power of God that's released through his word. Now, I want to do a little bit of a word study. I, I don't really do this usually on a Sunday morning. Um, usually, you know, we look and we, we say, well, the translators worked real hard to translate this Greek word into the English word, and, and they did a pretty good job. You know, so we don't have to go and retranslate it. But I do want to do a little bit of a word study this morning, and um, I want to take some time. I, I, and I want to talk, tell you also about an encounter, account, encounter with the power of God that came through a word of knowledge. A couple years ago, I was called in uh, with a young mother. Uh, she had a little girl who was on life support. She had a severe infection. Septus, sepsis had set in. She was... Uh, on, as, as, like in what we would say w is a, in intensive care, you know, that uh, pretty, a pretty dire situation. And I was called in by her bedside because the mom said, listen, I need you to come and pray. The doctors have said, told me, call anyone who means anything to this baby because she's going to die. I think she was two years old, I think, at, at that point. I forget exactly how old she was. And this mom was a new believer, and, and, and uh, somehow, you know, she had found out or heard about, like, anointing with oil, and, and she was there, and she was praying over her little girl. She was praying over her little girl. The little girl was in a coma, induced in a coma, had tubes sticking in and out of, of every, every different place, and um, she was, you know, just kind of laid out there on the hospital bed, and her hair was drenched with oil because the mom was like, you know, three or four times a day just praying and anointing her with oil, you know. And so we just came alongside that mom, me and another elder uh, in our church there in Cape Town came alongside that mom, and we started to pray. And as we started to pray, we declared the word of God. We declared the scriptures of the Lord. We declared purpose over this little girl's life. And all of a sudden, there was like this electricity that hit my spirit. And, and, and I, I don't know how else to explain it. It was like just this, you know, like, like inside. And all of a sudden, I knew instantly she was not going to die. Like they were gathered to say goodbye, but the, the Lord said she's not going to die. And I, I can't tell you how I knew that other than like it wasn't like an audible voice, but it was like the, the Lord really showed that to me, but there was a power that, enc that encountered that word. It was like this, it was, it was, there was juice there. I don't know how else to explain it. It was just like, you know, so much so. Have you ever like, have you ever been like an inappropriate, in, in a situation where it would be totally inappropriate to laugh? Like, 
And all of a sudden, joy accompanied that word in my heart. And I, I was like holding in because like everyone's there and somber and I wanted to respect the family and, and all of that. But like joy just hit my spirit and I wanted to laugh and I'm like, mm, Lord, not here, not now. <laughs> like, Lord, like I have been drunk in the spirit before. This is probably not the best place to see this happen, you know, like, Lord, but it, there was, there was so much like power and emotion and, 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 uh, like juice, electric that was that was in that that I received in my spirit as we were praying for her, and it was instantaneous. It wasn't like it was drummed up, it, you know. And there was it was not emotion. It shocked me. It was like, oh, wow. A couple weeks later, that little girl was running around our church. Amen. And it wasn't, you know. I, it, it was just an experience of when God speaks, power is released. Power is released. And so, and there's, there's a, a couple stories that I could share like that. But like, just in a moment, there's, there's times, you see, uh, God has an eternal word. It's true. It is right. It is, it is whole. It is complete. He has an eternal word. And then there's moments where God takes that eternal word and he applies it to a situation in our life. And it, 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 it's, it's not that it's truer or any less true any other time, but when he speaks that word into our lives, power is released. And we see an immediate effect of it. We see an immediate effect of it. Psalms 107 verse 20 says this, we see like, you know, release of power, we see something supernatural happen, and this is like Psalms 107 verse 20 says this, it says, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So the, the word of God of deliverance is true all the time. The word of God of healing is true all the time, but at a moment when God speaks it into our life, there's power released in that moment. So that's the value of the prophetic. The prophetic is, 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 is there to, to capture. Now, this is not like the wishful. Sometimes we have, and we got to be, a, <laughs> I just got to say this, you know, sometimes around the elections and, oh, someone's prophesying this and about that election. Listen, it's not about that. It's about the release of the power of the word of God. And true prophetic Tell your neighbor, say true prophetic. True prophetic is hearing the heart of God for a situation, for a word, for a moment, and coming into alignment, becoming the voice that declares God's word. And power is released. That is the value of the prophetic. That's why when we gather together as believers, we should be going for God's heart for one another. We should take time to, to pray for one another, not just, not just like out of emotions, like, oh, Brian, you're, ha you're not having a hard day, your grandpa again. But like, you know, oh, Brian, you're having a hard day. Like, oh, Lord, I just ask that you would just, you know, and, and, and sometimes we can, and, and it's good to share our compassion, but sometimes we can just get caught up in like soulish emotions and just be like, oh, I'm going to pray out of this soulish place. That, that, that doesn't really help anybody. What helps everyone is when we hear the word of the Lord for each other. 
when we come together and we press in, like, God, what is your heart for this person? What is your heart over this situation? And we receive a download in our spirit. And out of that impregnation of the Lord, out of that download in our spirit, we speak and the power of God is released in a moment. Amen. An example of this uh, we see in Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. We see an example of this in the Old Testament. They said to him, uh, so this is God speaking to Abraham, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the door of the tent behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Y'all know what that means. Verse 12. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, am I, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? And say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the appointed time, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. You see, Abraham had had that promise for a long time. He had had the promise of God for a long time. But at a moment, God comes and applies that promise to a moment in time, to a specific moment in time. And all of a sudden, power is released. And Sarah gets pregnant in her old age. Something totally supernatural. Something totally that could not happen or should not have happened according to, you know, natural law. But because God takes his promise and applies it in a moment in Sarah's life, the promise of God, the eternal purpose, the eternal promise of, purpose of God is applied in a moment and all of a sudden something happens. So... And the thing is this, like, you know, even though God had made that promise to Abraham a long time ago, and it's almost like, it's almost like his declaration was kind of haphazard, like, like, like God was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, like he was, it was like he was walking on a journey to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, oh, let me just stop over here and find out what's going on with Abraham and Sarah, you know, like, I don't know. What if Abraham wasn't in the mood to, you know, entertain strangers that day? <laughs> you know, like, like what if, you know, like, what are these guys doing? Sure, oh, they say they're the Lord, you know? I don't know, like, I don't, there's a whole lot of things that, like, align, line up, and, and then all of a sudden, the blessing and the promise of the Lord is released over Abraham and Sarah's life. So it was not until God comes and speaks the word over Abraham and Sarah that the impossibility, the impossible becomes possible. To me, this is a good picture, and this is where the Greek word study is going to come in here this morning. To me, this is a good picture of two Greek translations of the word word, okay? And many of you have known this, uh, I'm sure know this, there's the Greek word logos, which is the eternal word of God, the, 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 the uh, true eternal word of God, and then there's the rhema, okay? Logos and rhema is the two Greek words. So Abraham had the promise of God, the logos, but 
it's only when God spoke in a specific time and moment was it that it, it became a rhema word. The power was released for the word to become reality. So I, and, and I've, I've experienced this many times before. When God releases like a word of knowledge about something, there's, there's, that, um, there's this power or faith that's released with a word of knowledge. And it seems like that actually opens the door for a miracle to happen. Now, not every time, but a lot of times what happens is, is like it's, there's, God just downloads whew, in your spirit about something. When you speak it, when you act on it, all of a sudden doors open that wouldn't be open before. Just do, 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 do. And God makes a way in a specific time, in a specific place, in a specific moment. And that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's not... It, that's why, like, prophetic words and words of wisdom, words of knowledge, those kind of things, like, it, it's not by the will of a person. Like, like, we can't, like, all sit around and sing kumbaya until, like, you know, somebody gets healed. Like, I can't heal anybody. Right? You can't heal anybody. I hope that's not a newsflash to you. <laughs> right? The only thing you and I can do is be a conduit, be a channel for the release of the rhema word of God into somebody's life. And it's that word, it's God's power that heals. It's God's power that releases vision. It's God's power that releases accuracy and the next steps and whatever it is. You know, if you're prophesying over somebody's life and they, they get like the next step for their season, whatever it is, all of those things, okay? So I want to focus on the Greek word rhema today. The Greek word rhema. Now, rhema literally means an utterance or a saying, implying it's actually the act of saying or the act of utterance. So you, like, when, when you study it out, like, logos and rhema many times are used almost interchangeably, but the rhema is always in reference to the act of declaring the, the eternal word of God, the act of declaring the Logos. It's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's actively being spoken or even something that had been uttered or actively spoken in the past that's still circulating. So like when, uh, when the angels came to the shepherds about and announced the birth of Jesus or when uh, John's dad uh, encountered an angel, a lot of times also Rhema, is, 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 when we see it in scripture, is, is connected to the work of angels. It's really interesting. When they bring a message, like there's like this Rhema, there's this power that's released. You know, even, even that's what Mary said uh, here, we'll later, look at it later, you know, like let it be, be unto me according to your word, according to your Rhema, according to your revealed word. Right, and that's where she accepted and, and received. But like when when um, when John the Baptist's dad re- had an encounter with an angel, received the instruction to name him John. It says that the neighbors all talked about that thing. That thing being the encounter that John had. That word thing there is Rama. There's there's this 
See, so what, what happens is as when God says something, when God does something, as we share that, as we dialogue about that, as we share the testimony, that rhema continues to impact our lives and the lives of those that we dialogue about it with. This is the importance of sharing a testimony. This is the importance of sharing what God has done because I mean, there's, there's times, and, and a lot of, like, healing evangelists, a lot of people who, who, and I'm not talking about crazy people who, like, claim stuff that, that isn't true. I'm talking about people who really see people get out of wheelchairs. I'm talking about people who really see people who've been healed, with, healed from cancer. I'm talking about people who really see healings like this. They, they say, like, it, if they would try and pray for people in the beginning of the service, not many people would get healed. But as they share testimonies of things they've seen God do, as they share longer and longer and more and more testimonies of things that God does, what happens is they, they describe it as it's like the faith in the room begins to rise. And all of a sudden, healing starts to break out. Those testimonies are a continuation of the rhema of what God has done. It's a continuation. That's why it's important that we talk about what God has done in our life, that we talk about how God has saved us, what he has set us free from. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, we talk about this just in the, in the realm of healing, but it's everything that God does, how he, how he has been your peace, how he has comforted, how he has strengthened, how he has given you courage. In those moments, we, we need to talk about those things because as we do, the rhema, the, the I don't know how else to say the, 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 the vivacious word, the living word still has an effect and is applied into others' lives as well. So the word rhema is the very happening of the words being spoken. It's God, when it's talking about God in scripture, it's his active speaking. And, and uh, a rhema word seems to be the instance and the process of how the logos, God's eternal word, is applied to a moment. You've heard me say this before, that not every moment is the same. And I believe what, what sets one moment apart from another moment is a rhema word of God. It's a rhema word of the Lord. It's, you know, uh, um, sometimes this happens in worship, right? And I want to encourage us, like, you know, uh, this morning, like, the songs were good, and then all of a sudden, like, we got to the song, Worthy is your name, Jesus. And all of a sudden, something started to shift in the atmosphere. I don't know if you sensed it or not. But, like, when, when, when those things start to happen, we need to be cognizant of it. Don't, don't just move on too quickly. I don't know about you. I want to milk the moment of the Lord for all it's worth. You know, like, like God, if you want to do something, you want to release something, you want to declare a word, like, whatever it is. Like, God, we want your word. We want your rhema. We want your, your, your eternal word applied to the moments of our lives. And that's where, you know, then, you know, the prophets stand up and they speak and they declare. And, 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 and really, it's an interpretation of what we experience from the Lord. Right? And so that's, um, yeah, you get the point. All right? So mil milk the rhema word of God. All right. So it's specifically as God applies his word. Now, there are other instances when the word rhema is used to translate in the New Testament, and it's in connection with someone 
uh, who is not God, who utters something significant. Not, uh, nothing supernatural happens, you know, so it's not uh, when someone else, but it's always talking about something that's being revealed, such as when, like, Paul was being accosted and thrown in prison, and he said, hey, I am a Roman citizen. And all of a sudden, the guards who were beating him, who were accosting him, said, oh, you're a Roman citizen. And then it says, they went and said those things to the people who were over them. It was, it was as, that, that was something that was revealed. Hey, these guys are Roman citizens. Be careful what you do to them. Okay? It was something of note. It was something significant that was revealed. So that's what the word rhema just specifically means. There's other instances when the word rhema is used in connection with someone. Um, you, uh, sorry. Yeah, I already said that. <laughs> but when it's used by God, when it's used of God, there are many times we seems to be in connection with something supernatural happening. Either an, an angelic visitation, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a movement of the Lord uh, for the eternal purposes of God coming into fulfillment into a moment of time. Um, that it's, it's, it's sometimes it's translated as those things, like all those things I just mentioned. When, when, the, when people are discussing those things, it's those talking about those rhema. Uh, or talking about a message that has been prepared or preached, like when Cornelius calls Peter and says, Hey, Peter, come and share the message that you have from God for us. That message is the rhema. And all of a sudden, the Gentiles, for the first time, come into the kingdom of God. God does something supernatural. The, the Holy Spirit is poured out in Cornelius. His whole household not only gets saved, but they get filled with the Holy Spirit and the testimony is, Peter saying, they were filled the same way that we were filled in the beginning in Acts 2. So we can see, okay, we don't, we don't know if there were tongues of fire on them, but Peter said it was like that. Yeah, so there was something visible, there was something that was taking place that was tangible and recognizable. All right? So specifically, words uh, that have weight or, or significant a significant meaning. Uh, the, you know, this past weekend, Brian was talking about being in, in Canada. And, you know, God actively applies his eternal words into a specific moment. An example of this, uh, at the one, after the one session or the one day, the first day, we had a time of prophetic ministry. And this couple comes up, they're leaders, and they lead teams. And, and they said, listen, hey, we, we are taking our teams to the, the, the tribes in Canada, and there's a bunch of pastors in these tribes who they've said, we feel like we have no support, and we just need encouragement. Would you just come and take time and pray for us? And with the, the amounts of challenges, alcoholism and suicides and stuff that happen in those communities, like they're, they were just like, look, can you pray for us? Like we need, we need God to move through us. Like it, we can't just go and pray a little bless me prayer. Like this is you know, these pastors are really in need. And so we just started to pray and, and, and uh, declare, like, what started to come up. And, and as I was, you, you know, uh, the prophetic and, and words of wisdom, words of knowledge, many times it's really an interpretation of something spiritual that you receive in your spirit. So, like, you receive substance in your spirit, and you start to talk about it, and it's like you're unwrapping it, right? Like, oh, here's this corner. When you're unwrapping a Christmas gift, you know, it's like our birthday gift. You Like, you open it up, and like, 
Oh, it's, it's this corner. Is it a toaster? No. Okay. Like, oh, it's a mixer. You know, I never got a mixer for Christmas. <laughs> Praise God. But like, you know, like y- y- you start to un- unpack it. You see more and more as you unpack it. And that's really many times how the ministry of the prophetic starts to happen um, in, in or certain types of prophetic starts to happen is you start to unpack it. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's, that's the culmination of it. And so as I was praying for them, I, I had this, this picture of Elijah and the widow when she was, like, uh, uh, out of, when she was going to die. She was destitute. She was making her last meal. And remember the oil? And they come and, 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 and will pour the oil. Keep pouring. And what does the Bible say? It says that, that the oil did not stop until Every vessel, there was no more vessels to be filled. And like, as I I saw that picture and I declared that, and all of a sudden, like it was like, boom, the power and the anointing of God hit that. And even they were like, whoa, you know, like, you know, like it was, it was, it was tangible. Like this, like this, this, the, the power of the Lord that was on that word. And so when that happens, you keep describing what you saw in that moment. You keep unpacking that, right? Like, so, you know, we just prayed and declared that, like, as they were going, that they would have the fresh pouring of the oil, the, the pouring out of the oil of the Holy Spirit, until there were no more vessels left to be filled in Jesus' name. And we just, you know, we camped on that word for a while and just prayed on that and, and, and because we want to receive the full measure of faith that it's going to take in that word. Okay, so that's a rhema word. That's an example of a rhema word. Uh, it seems that Canada loves me as this was the second time that I had traveled to Canada and the second time that I had got stuck <laughs> in the airport. So... I was supposed to come home on Sunday. I came home on Monday <laughs> just because Canada loves me. Amen. So Brian got back way before I did, and he drove. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just a side note. All right. So when you recognize, and, and this is like as you're praying for people, maybe you're praying in your, in your life groups or you're just praying for somebody on the street or, or you're praying you know, for somebody after church, and we're going to do that here today um, you know, we're going to just pray for each other. And uh, as you're praying for someone, if, if you sense God's on a specific part of your word, if you sense that, like, I don't know how else to describe that, but like, you would, y- you know, when, when it happens. So this isn't something that like you hope or like, oh, that would be really powerful if that would happen. No, no, you're not trying to convince yourself about a rhema word. Like, you know it. Okay. When you sense that camp there, Camp there for a little bit and pray into that. Describe what you see. And many times the Lord will give you more. There's like um, uh, sometimes when you're praying and ministering out of the prophetic. And the reason I'm talking about this is because it's not only prophets who prophesy. It's every believer filled with the Holy Spirit can flow in the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is prophecy, right? All right. So it doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, giving direction to the nation, you know, doesn't mean you would jump on YouTube and make a bunch of channels, but the thing is you, you encourage the body. You encourage one another, right? The gift of prophecy. And when you sense the Lord on something, stay there for a moment because you really want to minister. You want to receive all that God has in that moment for that person. Is that good? 
all right? So take time over that. And how do, you, how do you know if God's doing something? Sometimes you see people cry. Sometimes you see them shake. Sometimes you see them fall over. Sometimes you see visible signs of somehow God moving on somebody. But just, you know, we're not here to bring God. We are here to join God in what he is doing. And he chooses to use us as vessels of clay. He chooses to use us as, as earthen vessels to carry his glory, right? And so that's where, like, hey, you know, just minister, uh, take time to minister. I, I was in Kenya, uh, Keith Yo- I was in Kenya a couple years ago with Keith Yoder and a bunch of other leaders, and uh, he, he taught us about fully expressing what the, the utterance that we have from the Lord. So if you have, like, a, a word from the Lord, if you have a, a scripture from the Lord, if you have something that you felt like was given to you by God, don't just brush past it. Don't just be like, oh, it w- you know, God blesses you with faith, you know, like, no, no, take time and unpack that, fully express the utterance that God gives to you. Sometimes we just don't know what to do, and we just kind of, oh, wow, that, that's cool, bless you, and, and then we move on, like, because we don't know what else to do. Don't move on. Just take, take some time and really unpack that thing with the Lord. Many times more will come. And, and when I say more, it doesn't mean that you always understand it. More, you, you just start to pray, and the person's like, at the end, is like, well, how did you know all that stuff? Like, I, I didn't, I still don't know all that stuff. <laughs> you know, like, 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 it applies to you in a way that I have no comprehension of because it, the Lord is ministering out of that word to you, right? And so, um, so whether it's in prayer or intercession or ministry, when we receive substance with the words from God, we should fully release that substance out of our heart when ministering uh, to the Lord or when ministering to others. So whether we're in a time of worship or prayer and we're just ministering to the Lord and the Lord gives us something to pray, the Lord gives us something to stand in faith for, fully minister that substance that you receive out of that. Okay? Amen. All right, so you don't always have to belabor the point, but like just fully minister what God deposits in your spirit. So other examples of ministering uh, the rhema uh, word from the Logos word, the, 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 the now word that it's applying to a moment from the eternal word of God is in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 22. Uh, it says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, verse 17. And he was handed the book of Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And verse 21 is the verse I want to highlight. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So that scripture was true since Isaiah declared it, right? And it was true the whole time. It was applicable the whole time. But when Jesus stood up and he declared that scripture, all of a sudden, fulfillment came. 
Fulfillment came. That's an example of a rhema word. So we see the word that was spoken hundreds of years before. It was always true, but all of a sudden there was, it was being actively fulfilled in the very moment that it was spoken by Jesus. We see this again in Mary, uh, when Mary, Jesus' mother, encounters the angel for the first time where we see the eternal word applied and received in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Um, uh, we won't read the whole thing. Sorry, guys. You can just kind of scroll through. Um, but so, so the angel shows up. I'll just uh, kind of monologue about it. The angel shows up, and, and uh, you know, he greets Mary, and she's troubled in her. What kind of a greeting is this? And he said, no, no, don't be afraid. Like, and... Uh, um, and he goes on, and, and, and she hears the promise of God that was declared, that was true for the eternal purposes and will of God. But in that moment, he said, hey, this applies to you right here, right now. And the end of her saying, she says, let it be unto me as you have spoken, as your word declares, your rhema declares. Angel, what you are revealing, let it be. Yes, and amen. She received it, um, and that's what happened. The Holy Spirit came upon her, and all of a sudden, Jesus was in her womb, okay? So, there's a lot of other things. When, when God would do something, and, and we know the phrase, we're coming up to Christmas, so I'm sure we'll cover it a lot more. You know, we know the phrase, when Mary treasured these things in her heart. These things, these rhema in her heart, the doings of God. She treasured the doings of God in her heart. There's something that, that happens when we treasure the doings of the Lord in our heart. There's something that begins to happen inside of us, and faith is released, and we find ourselves. So John the Baptist, he encounters the active force of the word of God. It says in Luke chapter 3, verses 2 to 6, we'll just run through these scriptures quickly here. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the rhema of God, the word of God, came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went. So there was the response. So the word of God, the rhema of God, comes to John, and all of a sudden it calls him into something. And we see then he goes into the wilderness, and he starts to declare words of the prophets that had spoken about him, you know, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the ways of the Lord, make straight paths, you know, for your feet. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked places become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. Those, what, what he was declaring was declared by Isaiah hundreds of years ago, all right? But all of a sudden, it was, it was applied in the moment. We see this um, when God gives, sometimes a rhema gives specific instructions. A rhema word gives a specific instruction. And I, I don't know, but I, I really, I felt like the Lord said that, Merle, as you preach this, I'm going to start to give specific instructions to people in the church. I feel like the Lord's going to start to give some specific instructions, some specific rhema to your life, to your season, to your moment um, that God has for you. And so I just declare that in faith, in Jesus' name. And I, I declare that. Also, I want to say, never try to convince yourself. I've seen people try and convince themselves that they have a rhema, word of God. If you have to try and convince yourself, then it, it's, it's probably not. It's probably a promise of God. 
it's probably the logos of God. Yes, this is true, and, and Lord, we're waiting for this to be, you know, received in a moment. Yes, right? But like a rhema, when, when there's that power that's released, uh, so you don't have to convince yourself you have it. <laughs> is that good? Yeah. All right? You don't have to convince yourself you, ha you have it. It's nothing by intellect that comes with, with, with trying to think it out or reason it out. It's something that you receive uh, supernaturally as an impartation in your spirit, and then you're like unpacking it, like, oh, like, oh, that applies to that. You know, somebody stands up and prays, and you're like, wow, that's the very, that's, that's part of that, you know? Someone gives a scripture, and, and you're able to, wow, that's part of that. Like, yeah, okay, you unpack it. So Luke chapter 5, verses 4 to 6 says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we toiled all night long and took nothing but... At your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So Peter says, at your word. It's actually at your rhema. Like, Jesus, because you said this, it's going to happen. Because you said this, I can do it. Because you said this, it changes things. This isn't just me making it up. It's not me trying to convince myself. Lord, because you released it, you said this, you can do it. I love Peter's response here. At your word. Man, I wish as believers, I wish for myself too that, that, that I, I would be so in tune to the word of the Lord, to the rhema of the Lord. That's my aim, you know, because really that makes the difference, right? Like we talk about faith and we talk about all these different things. Man, when you have a rhema of the Lord, it makes a difference. The things that we have seen God do in our lives many times are connected, have been connected to a rhema word of the Lord, where there's been like all of a sudden a supernatural way was made. When, when we've been able to do things that we should not have been able to do, could not have been able to do, just a week, a day, a month before. All right. So I love Peter's response here. He says, at your word, Jesus, if you said it, then it's for me. It's almost as if he stops himself short because he was like, oh, we've toiled all night long, you know. And all of a sudden, he, it's like he catches himself. Like, no, I'm not going to complain. At your word. Yes, sir. At your word, we're going to do it. Yeah? So... Um, an example of this is just, you know, a year or two. I forget exactly when it was. My timelines get all messed, mixed up. But when I went away and prayed at the cabin, I was like, Lord, can I lead Dove International? And can I lead Newport Church at the same time? Like, is that even possible? And a lot of people have asked me that question. And, and like, I w was just away on a prayer retreat, and I laid down and, and, and fell asleep, which is a good thing to do on a prayer retreat, you know. And... Then that next morning, like after, I had an incredible dream where the Lord ministered to me, but that next morning as I was coming out, just as clear as day, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Merle, in this season, I'm calling you to lead Dove International and grow Newport Church. And it's like, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how, how this is going to be possible, but we're going to do it because, Lord, you said, at your word. Tell your neighbor, say, at your word. Amen. So we're, I mean, even currently, just, you know, we're, we're exploring different ways of how, you know, what's the best way to do this. Like, we, we actually put out an executive uh, assistant job description uh, to, to help me, you know. So if, if that's you, you want to work part-time, 
for me and for, Do- for with, with Dove International and Newport Church, it's, I think it's, it's live on the website now, right? Yeah. So we're, we're like, Lord, many times we see like, hey, it's possible, but then also there's the element of faith where you got to show up, right? And you got to work. So you got to do those, those things that's necessary to see it come. So Peter here, you know, like, um, so that we see Peter's mentality. We're going to end the, here with this. We see Peter's mentality. But in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22, we see this, that, that Jesus, he sends the, the disciples ahead of him. This is when, when the storm is out in the boat, and the, and the disciples are out in the boat, and Jesus stays behind, and he comes at the third watch, comes walking on them, uh, walking on the water to them, right? And they're like, it's a ghost! Like, they're freaking out. And Peter says this, I love Peter's faith. He says, Lord, if this is you, call me to come to you. It's, it's interesting, like, Jesus didn't say, Peter, come, and Peter is like, oh, okay. No, no, Peter actually initiated it. <laughs> he was like, Jesus, if this is you, you know, if you're not a ghost, tell me to come, and I'm going to be able to do what you do. And Jesus says, come. I like, you know, Randy Clark says this, he says that not only did Peter walk on the water, but he walked on the word. And see, you and I, like, we can walk on the word. That when Jesus calls us and, and tells us and enables us to do something, you can stand on that word. You can walk on that word, right? So Peter, he gets, you know, he gets uh, out of the boat and he walks towards Jesus. And we know then, you know, he takes his eyes off Jesus, starts to sing, ah, you know, and Jesus rescues him. And like, why didn't you have enough faith? You know, all, that, all those questions, okay? You know, but the next time we see Peter in a boat is after the, after the resurrection, and he's like, I'm going fishing, right? I'm going fishing. And all of a sudden, they see this man on the shore. They don't know it's Jesus. And they, the guy calls out, hey, did you catch anything? And they're like, no, we didn't catch anything. He says, throw your net on the other side. They threw their net on the other side. All of a sudden, all these fish come into it. And John, or James or John, I forget who it was, says to Peter, hey, it's the Lord. <laughs> you know? Like, this, I remember this. this. This sounds familiar. Like, I have been here before. Deja vu, right? And so what does Peter do? I, I heard Randy talk about this to you, Randy Clark. He, what, what does he do? He was, it's, the Bible says he was stripped for work, right? So when you go swimming, when you're about to jump in a lake, what do you do? You take off your jacket, right? And, and we know this, but what does Peter do? He puts on his jacket. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't expecting to swim. You know, like Jesus is there on the shore. It's him. I'm going to run on this water. You know, he puts on his jacket and he jumps in and goes to the Lord. But I, I love in that also we can see the danger of presumption. Because Jesus didn't say, Peter, come. You know, now this is assuming that that's what he was thinking. We don't know. But presumption says, I've been here before, and God's going to do the exact same thing that he did before, but you don't have the word. You don't have the rhema that's empowering that. And so that's, that's where, you know, I've gotten in trouble. That's where you can get in trouble when you just assume or presume that God will do a thing, all right, without a rhema. So it's always important to stay in a posture, humble in a posture, 
for the word of the Lord, for the rhema of God, for a situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> a few other scriptures. So the rhema word of God causes us to come alive. In Matthew, when there's a few, a few more points. Maybe we can stand so you don't get too sleepy and tired. You guys had an extra hour of sleep this morning. What am I talking about? <laughs> All right. So let me just finish these things. The, the rhema word of God causes us to come alive. Jesus says this when he was confronted by Satan in Matthew chapter 4. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That word there is rhema. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of God. That's what we live by. That's what upholds us. It's what holds the universe together. It's by the word of the Lord. It's the word that comes from the mouth of God. That's why it's important to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's the one who trans who gives us that word, who gives us the word. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the, the our spirit filled with the Holy Spirit, is connected to the heart of God. And that's how we receive. That's why it's important to live a Spirit-filled life. You don't want to do life alone. You don't want to do life without it. I don't want to do life without it. That kind of life is hard. Creation came into existence by the rhema word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the rhema, of God, the spoken word, the instantaneous, applying the, the eternal word of God into a moment. Boom. Okay? All right. First Peter chapter 1, verse 25 says, But the rhema of the Lord remains forever. That's why it's upholding the universe. God spoke it in the beginning and it continues. So when the Holy Spirit ministers or serves the word, the rhema, to you, it becomes rhema inside of us and the power of God is released in some measure. The Holy Spirit makes the word alive to you. This is what actually happens at salvation, right? The, the, the truth is, has Jesus died on the cross for everyone? Yes. But is it applied to everyone's life? Does everyone believe that that's true? No. But the instant you believe it, the eternal truth of God by the Holy Spirit is applied to your spirit man and you become alive in the spirit, right? So the rhema is near you. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 10, the well-known scripture, but what does it say? The rhema is near you. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the rhema of faith, the word of faith that we proclaim because if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses. It's that, it's what are we believing? The rhema, the, what God gives to us in that moment to be saved, the saving grace of the Lord, right? That's what comes alive. Our spirit man gets born again as we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts what God imputes to us or imparts to us. 
The rhema of God brings salvation in our lives. John chapter 12, verses 46 to 48 says this, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my rhema, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words, my rhema, abide in you. You will ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, this is how important it is for us to live with our lives oriented around the life of the Holy Spirit and the words of God, the rhema of God. Amen? All right, can we stand together? Romans 10, verses 17 says, And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of Christ. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. It's also the word that washes the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 26. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her by the washing of the water by the word. You know, so it's actually biblical when my wife comes to me and says, Baby, tell me what you're dreaming about. Tell me your vision. Tell me some of those things, right? That's actually it's not just, hey, how are you doing? How was your day? You know, that, that's all good, but there's this place where what is God saying? What is, what, is, what is new? What is to be revealed in your heart? And that's what God comes to us. He does that with us. As he comes to us and he reveals his heart. He talks to us about the season that we're in. He talks to us about the moment that we're in. And as we engage with him in that, we are refreshed. We are cleaned. Have you ever been to a service and you just come out and, and it's like, man, I just, I just feel clean, right? Like, I don't know about you. That happens to me a lot. Like, you hear the word of God, you're in the presence of the Lord, and you walk out and you're like, what used to bug me just doesn't bug me anymore. Praise God. You know, like, like you're just washed, you're refreshed, you're clean. That's because you've come in contact to the, with the rhema word of God, the now word of God for your life. There's something that's purifying, that's cleansing about it, that comes. And this is how we encounter him in his word, is he, he has, gives his word the sword of the Spirit, one of the things that we talked about recently in the last several messages here about the Word of God and encountering Him in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Remember, we talked about how that is how you do spiritual warfare. You don't war necessarily with the Logos of God. You war with God. What are you saying out of your eternal word for this moment for my family, for this moment for our nation, for this moment for our church. What are you saying out of that? And that's the sword of the spirit that you war with. Amen? All right? That's what we do battle with in our lives. It's the, it's the rhema word. So I have some questions for us here to contemplate. So you've heard about Salvation. I want to. I want to ask this first. And, and if you're you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or you've never said, I I never actually received God's word as living and true. I just I just did like fire insurance. Like 
well, I hope I'm saved, and I'll, I'll say what the pastor tells me to say, and like, but nothing actually comes alive in your heart. You know, that's when, when nothing comes alive in your heart, you haven't had an encounter with God. All right? Now, it doesn't mean that you feel all goosebumps. It doesn't mean that you feel something. There's just a settled knowing. Many times people just encounter a peace that they don't understand. That's just the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you do have a dramatic sense, but there, there's the place of encountering the rhema of God. Now, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So if you've never done that or you've never experienced that, I just, I just invite you to pray with me now. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today I give my life to you. I ask that you forgive me of all the wrong stuff that I've done. And I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life. Thank you for your life in me. I invite you in. I invite you to be my Lord, my Savior, and my King. And I will live my life according to your word from this day on. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that for the first time, we have a gift for you. We want to give you a Bible. We want to walk with you in your journey. Worship team, you can come. You guys were waiting for me to say that. <laughs> this morning, question, have you, have you ever had an experience with the rhema word of God in the past? Can be seemingly small or seemingly significant. Doesn't matter. There's nothing insignificant about the word of God coming alive to our lives. Like Abraham and Sarah, Question number two, what specific promises are you waiting for to be fulfilled? What parts of the eternal word of God are you waiting to become rhema, words of life? And then how can your neighbor pray for you this morning? So why don't you think of that uh, and just ask the Lord, do some dialogue with the Lord as we do a worship song. And we're going to end by praying with each other. So if you don't like the person you're sitting next to, you have about four minutes to move. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.